what we do as school counselors is try to re- remove or mitigate those outside problems so they're not affecting the academic. Mm-hmm. So they're not affecting the students in the classroom. Yeah. So we're helping them manage and cope with mm-hmm. the outside stressors. Yeah. So when they come to school, they're ready to learn. It's been a good year for Erin Crooks of Georgetown Middle School. In February, she was named Delaware's Middle School Counselor of the Year by the Delaware School Counselor Association. But as prestigious as that award was, an even bigger honor was on the horizon. On April 10th, Erin was named the 2017 Delaware School Counselor of the Year during the DSCA Annual Spring Conference. It was the second consecutive year and third overall that an Indian River School District Counselor won this prestigious award. I'm Dave Mall, and I recently spoke with Erin about her award and about her job as school counselor. Well, first of all, congratulations on the Counselor of the Year Award. I know you have to be excited about that. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Yeah. Um, what, what does winning the Counselor of the Year Award for the state of Delaware, what does that mean to you personally? It's, it really is just a big honor to be recognized by the Delaware School Counselor Association, Um, I'm really proud to be a part of this profession. I'm really proud to be a part of the association. Um, And it's an honor that my fellow counselors in the state have recognized my dedication to the profession, my dedication to the students at Georgetown Middle School. Um, And partially I'm humbled too. You know, I recognize that our program isn't perfect and there's a lot of growing to do and I always strive to do better. So part of me, you know, gives me the motivation to kind of keep driving forward and, um, tweaking our program to make it better for our students. Now, uh, we've had um, two other Indian River School District counselors have won this award previously. They were Cheryl Carey last year, 2016, and Lisa Hunt won it back in 2005. In addition, several other district counselors have won either the middle school or elementary school counselor of the year. These include Jan Baumhart, Kathy Schall, uh, Dawn Brazier. What is it like to be included in that kind of company when it comes to winning these kind of awards? Yeah. Those ladies are the best of the best. And when I started at Indian River School District 10 years ago as an elementary counselor, Lisa and Cheryl, I considered mentors. You know, I coming in, I knew that they were phenomenal uh, in their buildings and at their jobs. And I, I would call them with questions or email them with questions. Or I even went to each of their buildings to um, shadow them one day just to see how their programs were running and how I could bring that over to Georgetown Elementary School. That's where I was at the time. So to be con- to be sort of named among them, it kind of comes full circle for me, you mm-hmm. know, that they were my mentors when I started out, and mm-hmm. now that I can be recognized among them, it's an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, we have phenomenal counselors in the New School District, mm-hmm. others that you didn't name, um, and through the years I've learned a lot from all the counselors. Every time I come out of a meeting or a professional learning community, um, I have new insights and ideas from all the counselors in the district. Yeah. Your principal, Mike Williams, wrote the following about you. Erin has the ability to relate effectively to students, parents, faculty, and administrators. She accepts responsibility readily and carries out her duties with a high level of professionalism. While working with Erin, I greatly admire her ability to handle myriad issues that come across her desk in a consistent and unflappable manner. How does it, how does it feel to hear that from your school principal? Well, Mike Williams is a true leader. He hired me eight years ago and he's been a constant support and advocate 
for our role as school counselors. I hold his recommendation and support in high esteem and really just appreciate his leadership over the last eight years. Um, you know, he's always supported any initiative that we ask to implement and really understands the role of a school counselor in the school. He supports our professional judgment and he really lets us run the program the way it's meant to be run. Um, so to read those words from Mike, it, it's, um, I, I just really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The word that jumps out at me from what I just read to you is the word unflappable. <laughs> now, we, we've joked about that. Yeah. We've joked about that word. Um, in your job as a school counselor, yeah. is it important to kind of maintain that even keel? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, part of my personality, you know, just to kind of take things as they come and deal with them in the moment um, and stay calm, cool, and collected. That's I try to do that. Um, so, per, so part of that's a personality trait. But I think that most school counselors have to do that because we have to handle what comes our way. We can't get um, overwhelmed, you know, by certain situations. And we have to remain calm so that we handle things um, appropriately and ethically. So, yeah, but we, Mike and I have joked about that, that <laughs> the use of that word. Um, can you talk a little bit, bit about some of your responsibilities as Georgetown, as a school counselor here at Georgetown Middle? Yeah. Um, so the textbook answer is that we provide a comprehensive school counseling program through individual, small group, and classroom guidance um, to promote the personal, social, academic, and career growth for all students. Um, while I believe in the ASCA model and I strive to do that every day or get as close to it as possible, um, every day is different and I have to adjust accordingly. Some days are heavier with individual student planning or meeting with students with failing grades um, and goal setting. Some days are heavier with responsive services, with referrals from students and teachers and parents um, that are just kind of coming in unscheduled and we have to deal with them as, as the day rolls out. Um, we wear a lot of hats. Right now I'm sort of balancing my day-to-day -day role as a school counselor and being the testing coordinator, mm -hmm. sitting here with you doing the podcast. <laughs> you know, so every day is very, very different. You know, we... We schedule with students, but a lot of times they're just meeting up, you know, coming through the door and saying, hey, can do you have a minute or can you write this recommendation for me or can you talk to me about this program? So um, it's safe to say that when you walk in the door every morning, you're not quite sure what the day is going to hold, right? Yeah, I have I have uh, plans made and it doesn't always <laughs> go that way. Yeah. But yeah, we schedule with students. Um, we have appointment cards that we send with, for students that we need to meet with. Students also can ask to meet with us through appointment slips too um, but sometimes you have to rearrange based on what the day looks like yeah. um, the guidance office or the school counseling office in our building is like a hub we facilitate a lot of the um, outside programs that come through our school so why waves or talent search or um, we have a girls Inc small group mm -hmm. running so we sort of facilitate a lot of that yeah how important is the role of the school counselor within the school in general? Yeah, I think it's critical. Um, like I was just saying, oftentimes we're the front lines or the go-to person in the school for student concerns. So we, we're collaborating constantly with administrators and teachers and parents and community members uh, or community organizations. So, you know, it's also important to realize that a school counselor has a specific set of skills and training that's unique in the school setting. Um, the master's program provides different 
you know, education opportunities for school counselors than say a teacher, a teacher program does. So we are the only professional in the building with that skill set. Um, you've been a counselor at both the elementary level. I believe you started in the district as an elementary I did. counselor, I and did. You've, now you're at the you've been at the middle school level for about eight years now. Yeah. How much of a difference is there between those two levels, between elementary and middle school? Yeah. So aside from the obvious, the developmental level of the students. Um, I think there's a big difference in the day-to-day schedule of an elementary counselor and a middle school counselor. Um, the model program is the same. We're all following that ASCA model program, mm-hmm. um, but just sort of how it's executed is a little different. So an example would be like classroom guidance. In an elementary school, a lot of the counselors are on that specialist rotation. They're teaching pretty much all day or a large portion of that day classroom guidance lessons. They're focusing Um, probably more on personal social, like with character education. Um, They're still hitting the career and they're still hitting academic, but probably focusing more on the personal social domain. At the middle school level, we deliver classroom guidance lessons, but we're not always pushing in the classroom or we're not scheduled to be in the classroom Mm -hmm. every day for a certain amount of hours a day. We roll out whole school curriculum through our advisory program that we started through the school counseling department where each of our teachers is assigned a group of students, advisees, and every month we meet with our advisors, our students Mm -hmm. meet with our advisors, and Mm -hmm. that's where they're getting their classroom guidance lessons. So Marie and I develop the lessons, Mm -hmm. make all the copies for the teachers, roll it out to the the teachers or the advisors, Mm -hmm. and that's how our whole school is getting that that lesson or that activity. So we're not pushing into the classroom as much. Um, I did just recently push into a classroom that was having a specific need with cultural diversity. So the, the ELA teacher and I did cross-curricular planning. We co-taught. Um, so there are opportunities to go in the classroom, but it's just, it looks different yeah. from elementary to middle. Yeah. Now, I want to read something that you've written. Mm-hmm. I believe all students can achieve at high levels according to their strengths. It is my job as a professional school counselor to help students realize their strength and potential and to help guide them in creating a roadmap to success. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, that all that goes back to that the Ask a Model program. So if mm-hmm. we're implementing the program as we're supposed to or as, you know, directed through the America School Counselor Association, um, we're inherently helping students create that roadmap. Um We provide opportunities for students to identify their strengths through um, SSPs or advisory activities, through individual counseling sessions, through groups, um, participation in certain programs like Talent Search or AVID. So we're providing all of these opportunities for students to realize their potential, realize their strengths, realize their interests, and then supporting them with that academic piece, getting them into the right programs, getting them into the right classes, making sure when they're transitioning to high school, they're choosing the right classes, to help meet their goals for post-secondary. Um, and then we also support a culture where all the adults in our building share in that same belief and encourage our students to, to do their best and to make goals for their future. You mentioned a lot of academic aspect of your job, you yeah. know, with the with the curriculum and the academic counseling and yeah. that type of thing. But is, do you also have opportunities, are there instances where you need to talk to um a student that might be having a personal problem or maybe an emotional issue or something along those lines. Do you, is that an important part of your job as well? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's pervasive. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Um, a lot of times when students are doing self-referrals, it's mm-hmm. more it's more about a personal thing, yeah. uh, personal problem, and helping the student remove those barriers. So sometimes our personal issues 
with friends or with family um, are creating roadblocks to our academic success. So it's what we do as school counselors is try to re remove or mitigate those outside problems so they're not affecting the academic. Mm -hmm. So they're not affecting the students in the classroom. Yeah. So we're helping them manage and cope with mm -hmm. the outside stressors. Yeah. So when they come to school, they're ready to learn. Mm -hmm. How has the job of a uh, school counselor changed just in the decade or in the 10 years you've been doing it? Have there, or has it changed at all? Yeah, it's interesting because I never could. I know I've been a counselor for 10 years, but the word decade. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I have been a school counselor for a decade. And I think the role of the school counselor um, hasn't really changed that drastically within the school. But I do see a variety of issues or concerns um, that have shifted in my career. You know, 10 years ago, we weren't really dealing with widespread social media concerns. Um, when I became a school counselor, I wasn't having those conversations with students on a daily basis about social media use or the dangers of social media or you're you know creating a positive digital footprint for your future so you know some of some of the content or some of the the issues and concerns that I'm dealing with are different than 10 years ago mm -hmm. but the program's still the same um, and we still you know we still have the same vision and mission um, I also think the school counseling profession is more understood now than a decade ago. We've made great strides in the profession and through our association, both nationally and statewide, to be have our role be more visible and understood in the educational world. Um, you know, we're not just the person in the building that makes the schedule, which is the old yeah. sort of view of a school counselor, <laughs> a lot right? More to like it now, we're just it? scheduling people. Yeah. Um, it's much more comprehensive and complex, and I think that people in, I think you know, Indian River School District gets that, and Delaware gets that, and. Um, you know, I think that that's been a shift too. You mentioned social media, and I find I find that interesting. Just how pervasive is it in kids' lives now? I it it just yeah. it just seems to have sort of taken over to a certain degree. It 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 is. Um, they rely a lot on social media to communicate, um, and oh, that could be a whole nother podcast. I yeah. think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it is pervasive, and I think it's really important, and I think our elementary counselors are doing a great job starting that conversation at a young age about using social media appropriately and for the way it's meant to be, you know, for the way it's meant to, to be used, um, because when you get to middle school, we teach those lessons, but if they're already using it inappropriately, it's hard to make that shift backwards, you know, so we, we teach lessons on digital footprint, showing students the importance of a positive digital footprint and how a negative digital footprint can affect their futures. Basically to be responsible with it, correct? Yeah. 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 That when you Google yourself, mm -hmm. you want it to come come across positive, yeah. right? Because their future employers and their you know, college admissions counselors are going to mm -hmm. be doing that and mm -hmm. they want to see a, you know, a positive reflection uh, for someone who they want to hire or admit to their school. So we do teach them teach them that and I think the elementary school counselors are doing that too um, but it's pervasive and I think we need to as adults keep up with it because they're using social media apps that we might not be using and not even know of you know you think of Facebook our kids are not using Facebook anymore you know they're using snapchat and and other social media apps so we just need to be kind of in tune with them yeah 
One of your priorities during the past few years has been taking students on visits to college campuses. Um, you've accompanied, uh, I believe it's more than 350 students on visits to the University of Delaware, Delaware State University, Morgan State University, Dell Tech, Rutgers, uh, the University of Maryland. Why do you feel that this is so important? Yeah, <clears throat> college and career readiness has been, is a passion of mine. Um, bringing kids to college campuses is a small part of that picture, but it has a large impact. Um, our students get the opportunity to visualize their futures when they're on a college campus, which helps them with goal setting, right? So a great example of this was last year we went to, we brought a group of eighth grade AVID students to Rutgers University. Now our AVID students in this particular class, um, they're largely first generation college students. If you know our population at Georgetown Middle, we have a, a large percentage of Hispanic students as well. So when I was talking with Rutgers and res Residential Life who was giving us this tour, I, I threw that out there, that these are, these are, this is the population that I'm bringing and how can we tailor the tour to meet their needs or to kind of meet them where they're at. So we partnered up with Residential Life and ate lunch with students in Residential Life and they got to, the, our students got to ask questions of the college students and in a laid back kind of setting. And with AVID, they came prepared with questions. Yeah. Um, that's how our AVID teacher rolls. So yeah. they were prepared and ready and engaged. Yeah. Then we went to the Latino, the Center for Latino Arts and Culture, which was so impactful because our students, who are largely Hispanic in this group, particular group, were looking at what, almost like they were looking at themselves in five years and having conversations with students who are first generation. Do they see it? Uh, do, yeah, do, do your kids say, you know, I, I think I can do this. This is doable for me. I, I do. There was like a, a couple of aha moments when we were at the Latino Center for Arts and Culture because they were asking questions and the adults in the, in the room were posing questions too that maybe <laughs> we wanted the students to hear the answers to that they weren't coming up with that question on their own. But yeah, I think they there's a certain amount of like, wow, they did it and so can I. And, you know, they talked about the, the obstacles to attending college, like financing and family obligations at home. It's hard for some of our students to leave the nest, so to speak, because they have family obligations, you know, in our community and, or being a first generation college student. So they're asking these questions and they're hearing these students talk about, yeah, I had those same obstacles and I, and here's how I did it. And then when I got to campus, I, they were seeking out cultural support through the, that organization. Um, so we did it. We had, we had an eighth grade student on that trip who said, I want to go to Rutgers. And I think it was because he saw himself in the students that he met. And he, you know, he knew that if I go here, there's support. Now there's a Latino, there's probably a, a Latino cultural organization at almost every campus. But where if he goes somewhere else, he can find that support. But I don't think before that trip he knew that that existed. So is it, in a way, a lot of these kids realize that, that it is possible. Maybe they hadn't, do you think it's a situation, well, they hadn't thought much about it, you know, because they're yeah. in middle school, but then, you know, they see this as something, wow, I think I can, this is possible. You know? Right, and it sets them on that goal-setting path of, you know, in high school, day one, they already have that vision for themselves. They're not discovering that vision sophomore junior year so they're working towards day one in freshman year you know these students that went on that trip are saying all right i have a goal and i'm working towards it and i know what i need to do um i think it's experiences like the college campuses or career fair and things like that that we that we put on or bring expose our students to 
that bring the context to the lessons that we're teaching through advisory or individual counseling. So we can teach them all day long about college acceptance, what colleges are looking for, or rigorous transcript, or um, improving your GPA. And we can talk and talk and talk and talk, but if it doesn't have context, you know, it, it might not sink in as quickly. Yeah. yeah. When you look at your job here at Georgetown Middle School, what aspect of the job do you find the most rewarding? It's all really rewarding. I think I'm I'm in the perfect profession. Like coming to work every day, it makes me happy. I never have that day where I'm like, oh, it's going to work. You know, I, I really love it. I think sometimes it's just the thank you that I get from a student or a parent or a staff member um, after I meet with them or after I work with them. Um, that reminds me that what I do is meaningful and helpful. Um, it's also really rewarding that just the fact that students feel safe and listened to in my office. I think that that's super rewarding. Students, you know, must trust an adult in order to confide in them. And I'm thankful that students view me as a trusted adult who they know always holds them in positive regard and will do my best by them. So that's, I, I do appreciate that. And I, I don't take that lightly. Um, I also love seeing former students in the newspaper or through in the Universal School District's, you know, Facebook page and to look at their successes as adults or, you know, as high school students or where they're going to college or sort of what their endeavors are, what awards they're winning. And to know I might have a small part in that success is, is really cool. Do you take a lot of pride in that when you see your kids I go do. up to Sussex Central and then do, I do. do something great? I do. You know, we, I care about our students and I care about their futures and, um, I do take pride in that. Erin, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining me today uh, and taking the time to talk about your job a little bit. And yeah. again, congratulations on the award. Thank you so much, Dave. Erin <laughs> joins us again on our next episode to discuss the popular television program, 13 Reasons Why, and what parents and students should know about teen suicide. It's easy for adults to say that middle school students in particular maybe wouldn't relate to topics such as sexuality and depression or drug and alcohol abuse. But, you know, as a middle school counselor, I think Ms. Kaffer and I both, we can assure you that our students are exposed to much more mature content mm-hmm. than we may want to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've dealt with suicide ideation and mental health and bullying and peer pressure and relational issues um, in our building. And some of these issues are highlighted in the series. And in that regard, I do think our students, you know, can relate. Aaron will be joined by fellow school counselor Marie Keffer on episode 23 to talk about the television series that has been a hot topic of discussion among teens and adults since its release in March 2017. This episode will be posted on Wednesday, May 17th. We hope you'll take the time to listen. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.